One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. Hello, my friends. It's me, again. Hope everyone is having a wonderful day. Um, it's Valentine's Day, just in case anyone didn't know that. Um, yeah, that's today. Uh, yeah. That's all I have to say about that. I have very strong feelings about Valentine's Day. So, yeah. I don't need a day to tell somebody I love them. That should be every day. Anyway, that's my rant for now. <laughs> um, it's been a little bit, and I do apologize. I had some things going on, but I'm here in great spirits. I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening, new listeners. Apparently, I have a big following in France now, so bonjour. Yeah. Hi. Uh, so, where do I begin? What kind of stuff's been going on? I took some trips, went to see some music. All was well in the world on my end. You guys know I don't have television, so I don't really know what's going on in the world. I did, however, watch the Super Bowl last night with some friends. They were big Cincinnati fans, and it was sad to see their team lose, um, but it was a good game nonetheless. I don't have a team, per se, anymore since I stopped watching TV and football, um, so it was nice to be with people that were into it and, yeah, watch a good game, if you will. Yeah. So follow me on Instagram if you are into that. It's Lattes and Legends. Facebook is Lattes and Legends Podcast. And I think Twitter is Lattes and Legends Podcast as well. Maybe. I've still got coffee mugs and stickers going on the website. And I am hoping to get some work done on the new website. It's a lot of work, guys, and I'm sorry. I'm really, really, really sorry. Yeah. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. Mmm. 
Because what would lattes and legends be without drinking coffee or a latte? So I started doing this thing with my coffee. And you guys are probably going to be like, um, I've been doing it for years. But I bought this coffee from the chocolate factory here. And I've been, or no, I've been, I bought this hot chocolate from a coffee from the hot from the chocolate factory and I've been putting the hot chocolate in the bottom of my cup before I put my coffee in there and it's delicious the thing about this chocolate factory is they it's not hot chocolate they use literally the chocolate pieces that get lost in the wash or like can't sell they use that and they make hot chocolate with it and it's pretty flippin' delicious, if I do say so myself. So, mm-hmm, delish. So today, I'm going to go right into it. Um, this idea for today's episode came from the book, The Book of the Bazaar, by Varla Ventura. And if you've been listening, you know that I, I'm kind of obsessed with this book, and uh, one of these topics was in the book, and it is the Mary Celeste ghost ship. Mm-hmm. So hang on to your hats and buckle up, Buccaneers. All right, so here we go. Like I said, buckle up, Buckaroos. Where are we here? Do do do. All right. So, sources for this episode came from smithsonianmag.com, Wikipedia, everyone's go-to fave, history.com, allthatsinteresting.com, yesterday.uk.hmm, hold on, yesterday.uktv.co.uk, um, bermuda-attractions.com. Can we talk about how amazing the website All That's Interesting is? It is, I just, it it's so great, right? Everybody should be on it. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, anyway, so let's talk about it. Um, sorry, I just uh, feel like I needed to answer an email. Um, sorry. Okay, focus. <laughs> ah, anyway, here we go. So let's talk about the history of the Mary Celeste. So on November 7th, 1872, the Mary Celeste ship that weighed 282 tons set sail from the New York Harbor on its way to Genoa, Italy. That sounds like a very nice trip. On board the ship, there was the captain, who was named Benjamin S. Briggs, his wife, Sarah Briggs, their two-year-old daughter, Sophia Briggs, and eight other crew members. So, less than a month later, on December 5th, a British ship called the Dia Gratia, or Grazia, spotted the Mary Celeste at full sail and adrift about 400 miles east of the Azores. Mm. 
There was no sign of the captain. There was no sign of the family. There was no sign of the crew. Mm-hmm. The uh, ship that found it said that there were several feet of water in the hold of the ship and a missing lifeboat. The ship itself was undamaged aside from the water and loaded with six months worth of food and water. Hmm. Right. So many people said that the Mary Celeste had a very shadowy past. So it was christened in the Amazon and it was given a new name. Oh, sorry. It was christened as the Amazon. The ship was called the Amazon. Sorry. I'm reading my notes all wrong. Clearly I need more coffee. And during these series of mishaps, that's when they decided to change the name of the ship. The mishaps include quite a few things, and I will tell you what those are. All right, so before the Mary Celeste set sail, there, was, there were a lot of mishaps. A lot, a lot, a lot. So the first mishap was the first master... Robert McLean fell ill and died on the maiden voyage of the Mary Celeste. The commander was John Parker, and the ship suffered a lot of damage under his uh, sailing. And basically, the hull ran into a fishing dam off the sea, and that is when the ship required a lot of major repairs. And so then later... On that same voyage, a fire broke out and basically um, John Parker was terminated as the commander. During the first Atlantic crossing of the Mary Celeste, the ship collided in the Straits of Dover with a two-masted ship, which ended up sinking. And then the Mary Celeste needed even more repairs after that. Mm. Upon her return to America, she ran aground off Cal Bay, Nova Scotia. After she pulled out on the rocks, she continued to change hands between a number of owners. No one made any profit off this ship. In fact, most of them went bankrupt. Hmm. So, the Mary Celeste was finally purchased by an American named James Winchester. James bought her at a New York salvage auction for three grand. She went through extensive repairs, renovations, and then when she was back, the ship looked completely different. And that was when they changed her name from the Amazon to the Mary Celeste. Mm. Don't you love that they call the ship she? She. I like that a lot. All right, so let's talk about the Mary Celeste and what happened. So when they discovered the Mary Celeste, that was, like I said, in 1872 on December, what did I say? December 5th. So do, 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 let's, okay, just did that. Okay. Sorry guys. <laughs> so Headed for New York, headed from New York to Gen Genoa, Italy. 
So there's lots of theories about the Mary Celeste. Like, why was it abandoned? All that kind of stuff. So let's go into these theories. So if the ship was perfectly seaworthy, why did the captain, all the mates, why did they just abandon the ship? So there was about six months of food and water aboard, like I said. All the crew's belongings were stowed away, and the captain... Um, he seemed, you know, perfectly capable of manning the ship and everything like that. So that was no big issue, right? So in the grand scheme of things, a captain would only abandon ship in the direct circumstances that were dire. You know, a fire, repairs that needed to be done, anything like that. And like I said, when the ship was found, nothing seemed to be amiss. Everything seemed to be perfectly fine. Everything was great. So this has remained a mystery for, you know, centuries. Like what, what happened to this ship? So The theories are that it might have been raided by pirates, but if it had been raided by pirates, why were things still the way they were? Why were no valuables missing or anything like that? There's been lots of theories about sea monsters, stuff like that. So one of the main theories is that there was a crazed mutiny. And so when the ship was first checked, they found strange marks that there had been some uh, violence with an axe. There were marks, like tick marks that resembled an axe marks, along with some traces of what seemed to be blood. Mm -hmm. So the attorney general that led the inquiry on the ship was very fixated on the idea that members of the ship had gotten violently drunk on all the alcohol and then massacred everybody else on the boat. And then they left on the one lifeboat okay but the bloodstains that were initially said to be bloodstains were not bloodstains and the marks were natural marks that were done by the wear and tear of the boat being out at sea and it just being an old ship we talked about that already the alcohol was industrial grade so no one would be drinking it because that would be disgusting so why on earth would there be these homicidal sailors that left in the lifeboat? There were eight of them, and the lifeboat was really small. But where were the rest of the bodies? Like, if they attacked the captain, the wife, and the child, where were their bodies? So that theory kind of went to shit quick. Uh, and then there's another theory that there's possible criminal conspiracy on the Mary Celeste. Okay, so this theory is a criminal conspiracy theory. And basically it says that there was a group of suspects that had been implicated in the case of the Mary Celeste over the past you know, century, decades, what have you. And those that were investigating the ship said that maybe they were North African pirates that attacked the ship and killed the crew, but the ship hadn't been looted. We keep talking about that. There's still Everything was still on the ship. So what about the crew of the Dia Grazia, which is the ship that had found the Mary Celeste? So 
did they loot the ship? Did they take stuff? Did they kill everybody on the ship just so they could have this reward? What really happened? Is this, was this an inside job? And did Captain Briggs have something to do with it? This conspiracy is all about how Captain Briggs might have been in touch with the other ship and how he was trying to make money from the ship. Because, like I said earlier, no one had made any money from the ship. And so a lot of people think that he and his family faked their debts and that way they could claim the salvage money through a co-conspirator, i.e. the people on the other ship. So there's that theory. Theory number three is there was an alien abduction. Mm-hmm. So we all know in the grand scheme of conspiracy theories, people love to talk about alien abductions. I love talking about alien abductions. I am very intrigued by alien UFO type things. And so this theory is pretty cool to me. Um, so many people have this suspicion that aliens somehow turned up and took the crew away. And this is probably due to the idea that many people thought that the Mary Celeste was in such eerily pristine condition. And the last log entry was written before it was discovered and there was still half eaten food laid out on the table. All this stuff didn't really seem to add up. However, it does seem like this is a myth because, you know, the missing lifeboat seemed like the crew just left, but there was, according to the investigation, there wasn't enough room on the lifeboat for all the cast or the, all the crew and the captain and his family. So it seems as if maybe aliens took them, you know, they just up and disappeared. And we hear these theories about aliens all the time. Like, I don't know what happened. They were just gone. So the fact that there was still food and water and everything on the ship, this could have something to do with the alien theory. All right. And another theory is a natural disaster, which this could be true as well. The sea is a crazy place. We all know this. We know more about space than we do our own sea, which freaks me out. And I think maybe I've talked about this before. I don't, I like the ocean. I think it's beautiful. I like the beach. I don't enjoy knowing that there's things in there that we have no idea about. And that terrifies me. So I, yes, I would rather go to space than the ocean. Uh, so one possibility is there was a water spout, which is basically like a tornado at sea. There's also a theory that there was a tsunami, a violent earthquake in the ocean, crazy sea creatures, like a kraken or a giant sea squid. There's so many theories about natural disasters and sea creatures in that ocean that many people think, well, the crew thought they were about to sink because they were getting waterlogged and that's why they all decided to climb into the lifeboat and some people say that the lifeboat might have just taken all of them and they died in the sea there's so many theories about this however like i said earlier the damage that the 
investigative team saw on the ship did kind of look like it could be superficial damage that was caused by waterlogging. But again, no one is quite sure. So that is the natural disaster theory. Um, the final theory is that there was an alcohol explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember I talked about how there was alcohol on the boat. So basically the cargo on the ship was industrial alcohol. And theories say that the turbulence could have caused it. The porous barrels could have caused it. Anyway, the alcoholic fumes were noxious and they could have escaped and they could have caused a small explosion or just the smell on the ship could have made the crew think that an explosion was about to happen. And then this could have been the reason that Briggs told them that they need to temporarily abandon ship. Everyone piled into the lifeboat and they wanted to sail far from the Mary Celeste until they knew the danger had passed or until the ship exploded. So the rope that was attached to the lifeboat in the ship might have come undone. And that probably is what caused them to bob in the ship or, you know, in the lifeboat. And that's when they separated from the Mary Celeste. And this is when they were abandoned at sea. Okay, so what happened to them? That's really what I want to know. So, basically, when the crew of the Dia Grazia found the ship and they turned it over to authorities, they all collected $46,000, which was the value of the Mary Celeste. So, back to that theory about money and co-conspirators. Mm, yeah, that sounds pretty plausible to me. So the authorities were not quite convinced that that ship was innocent um, because like, they just found a random ship, like no people on it, nothing like that. So many people think that they might have been the ones that killed the crew. So none of the evidence ever really matched in these theories. And the most plausible one was the theory about the alcohol. Um, clearly the ship didn't blow up. There's no foul play other than, you know, the people that wanted the money, the people on the Dia Grazia. So I don't really know what to think about that. So there was a three-month investigation done when they found the ship and they were unable to find any evidence that coincided with the ship being in the condition it was in and the cast or the crew and captain being lost forever. Hmm. All right, so in 2001, a novelist and adventurer named Clive Cussler claimed to have found the wreck of the Mary Celeste, but later the analysis said that it was not the Mary Celeste um, and that the wood would still not be, quote, living if it was. So, <clears throat> yeah, crazy, huh? So... In 2007, there was a documentary done about it, and it was called The True Story of the Mary Celeste. And in that documentary, no one was able to offer a definite answer or conclusion. They did suggest a scenario in which there was a faulty chronometer, rough seas, and a clogged onboard pump that could have led Briggs to order the ship 
be abandoned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So according to the last entry in the ship's logbook that was made the morning, the Mary Celeste was within sight of the Azores Island of Santa Maria. And that was about 500 miles where it was found nine days later. Huh. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think? I'm not sure what I think on this so far, but I do feel, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot going on in the story and there seems to be a lot of answer or a lot of questions that cannot be answered and I would love to hear you guys opinions on this it's pretty interesting stuff so yeah so I like these like ghost ship stories they're fun and I don't know like I said I like the alien theory just because in my head it makes more sense like why do people just disappear randomly um but I also think the alcohol one is very plausible, so I don't know. I don't know. So, this is the story of the Mary Celeste, and I hope that you all have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Share it with your love bugs out there. <laughs> and I will get another. I will get another one going soon. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. And yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.